G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Lyle Shelton is the Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby and he's joining me on the phone for what is Budget Week, Lyle, and boy, oh boy, I don't know that there's going to be too much to talk about, is there? The latest leak, if we can call it that, was all about childcare. What do you make of that? Yeah, well, this is a a big week here in Canberra, Tracy, probably the biggest of the political year, and uh, certainly the stakes are very high for the Abbott government after the failure of last year's budget. So um, a lot of pressure on Tony Abbott, the Prime Minister, and Joe Hockey, the Treasurer, but uh, Tracy, you're right there. The latest uh, is this, um, well, it's not so much a leak, but uh, a pre-budget announcement by Tony Abbott and Scott Morrison, the uh, Social Services Minister, announcing a big increase to uh, childcare funding uh, to try and help uh, women get back in the workforce. Um, but uh, it, it will only be, uh, be available if um, the family tax uh, B is cut uh, by the Senate. And so there's a, a showdown looming this week in the Senate to fund these new childcare uh uh, subsidy increases. And that's indicative of how the whole budget is going to go, really, isn't it? Because anything that is announced then needs to go through the Senate. And this is the problem that the government faced with the first budget. So surely this sort of thing isn't going to continue now for the next 12 months? Well, it, it's not looking um, like it's off to a good start, Tracy. Uh, I'm, like you, quite amazed that um, they're putting up measures um, and then uh, requiring the Senate uh, to, to pass fairly controversial measures, uh, you'd think they would have uh, lined these things up or, or sorted them out prior to announcing them, um, and it just creates uh, more uncertainty. But, uh, Tracy, I think um, you know there's some valid reasons for Senate concern about these um, increases to childcare subsidy, because uh, while it benefits uh, families with uh, two people in the workforce, those who have a parent staying at home to look after children, um, and overwhelmingly that is generally uh, a mother, not always, um, they get nothing out of this, and uh, I think that's a great inequity, and this has been highlighted uh, this morning by the Nationals and also by uh, Senator Bob Day of Families First. So the Nationals essentially haven't ruled out crossing the floor to make sure that that doesn't happen, have they? Well, Senator, Senator Matt Canavan uh, from Queensland uh, has indicated that uh, he won't rule out crossing the floor. He's been a great proponent of income splitting uh, to raise the tax-free threshold for single-income families, and uh, Bob Day also is a supporter of that. And uh, I think uh, these um, these senators uh, will use this opportunity to say, hang on, um, there needs to be some fairness in the system for all family structures. All right, that's one big issue, as we said. Uh, you rightly point out that it was the Prime Minister, Tony Abbott, and the Social Services Minister in Scott Morrison making the announcement on childcare yesterday. Joe Hockey's had a fairly low profile, hasn't he? Is his job, as some would report, on the line here? Well, certainly that's the speculation, uh, Tracy, and, and I see Scott Morrison has already gone on Sky News uh, this morning, and, and at the time we're recording this interview, it's very, very early uh, to, to deny that media speculation, but uh, there's no doubt that Scott Morrison has been a very effective salesman of the budget measures so far in, in the week or so leading up to the budget, and of course that's uh, putting a lot of pressure on, on Joe Hockey, who of course has struggled to sell his last budget, uh, let alone... 
um, stump up and, and sell this new one, which already seems to be off to a rocky start. And the other issue, of course, is that of foreign aid. There's talk that it's going to be cut. Now, we've seen a dramatic decrease in foreign aid in, in the last budget, and we were told no more, that it'll, it'll stay where it's at, but it looks like they're going to cut even further, and Indonesia was flagged. Yeah, that's right, Tracy. Um, certainly uh, pre-budget speculation last week, uh, softening us up for yet another cut in foreign aid. As you said, uh, last year, uh, Julie Bishop, the foreign minister, said that our aid would be capped at $5 billion per year. That's, that's way below uh, our Millennium Development Goal promises that we made as a nation during the Howard uh, government, which is bipartisan. Uh, but uh, it seems like it's to be cut even further. And uh, the excuse being used is, well, we'll cut aid to Indonesia because of the executions of Andrew Chan and Myron Sukumaran. Uh, well, that's well and good. But um, just divert the aid somewhere else if we want to uh, send a message to Indonesia. Uh, don't use it as an excuse to find uh, more budget savings. I mean, our aid budget really has been decimated. And, and I know aid you know, can be wasted at times. But uh, it really is a measure of our country's generosity to the world's poor. And our, our Millennium Development Goal promises um, to uh, help try and halve uh, poverty by 2015 uh, are very much in tatters. England, whose uh, economy is far more a basket case or is a basket case compared to Australia's, has met its Millennium Development Goal uh, promise. Uh, but Australia uh, is not even uh, close. And, uh, and we're looking at further cuts now. And uh, I think this is a, a real shame. Uh, most of us have a mortgage, but we still manage to uh, find some money to, you know, sponsor a, a sponsor child or something like that. I think the nation could do the same. Now, you brought up England there and their meeting of the Millennium Development Goals. Something else that unfolded, of course, over the weekend was the elections in the UK. Bit of a surprise result if you were looking at the polls ahead of the vote on the weekend. It didn't look like David Cameron was going to get back in, certainly not to uh, govern in his own right, which is what's happened. This is extraordinary, Tracy, and it's defied all the pundits. Uh, everyone thought there would be some sort of coalition cobbled together either between Labor and the Scottish National uh, Nationalist Party or between uh, the Conservatives and the Lib, Lib Dems. But uh, Labor and the Lib Dems have been decimated in this election uh, and uh, the Scottish National Nationalist Party has taken uh, pretty much all of Scotland apart from, I think, about three seats. And uh, that's left the Tories in a position to rule in their own right. Uh, it's absolutely a gobsmacking result, uh, but gives the Tories a clear run for the next five years. Yes, and there was a mass resignation of quite a number of MPs after that uh, announcement by David Cameron that he would, in fact, be governing, and he has spoken to the Queen. So it seems to be all systems go. I noticed that uh, it was Natalia Bennett, that spoke out. She, of course, is the leader of the Greens Party in the UK, but she is an Australian, and she had something to say, didn't she? Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, unlike Australia, the Greens have very little influence, and, and I think only one parliamentary seat. Uh, I'd have to check that, but uh, but they certainly have nothing like a balance of power uh, leverage uh, like they do in the Australian Parliament. Uh, but uh, Natalie Bennett, <laughs> the Australian-born Greens leader there, is uh, calling for voting reform. Uh, to try and uh, uh, move away from the first-past-the-post system which the UK has, which, of course, um, is a disadvantage to minor parties like hers. Uh, maybe Australia should be looking at first-past-the-post so that we can diminish the Greens' influence in our parliament. Speaking of the Greens, of course, there was a major shift uh, through the week with Christine Milne making her announcement that she won't be contesting the next election and Richard Di Natale stepping up now as leader. Yeah, this was uh, another of the big political surprises of, of last week. 
uh, Tracy, um, Senator Christine Milne uh, has only been in the job for, I think, around three years or so since uh, Senator Bob Brown, their long-standing leader, uh, retired, uh, suddenly announced her, her resignation. And uh, within an hour, uh, the Greens had held a party room meeting and uh, elected uh, Senator Dean Natale as their new leader. Um, many are seeing this as, as a way uh, of uh, some in the Greens to, to sideline uh, Adam Bant, their only uh, member of the House of Representatives. So um, certainly some, some uh, interesting politics there and uh, and a new leader for the Greens uh, going forward in Senator Di Natale. Yes, and we'll have to see how that plays out, of course, um, in the Senate when the budget gets handed down on Tuesday night because there'll be a little bit of toing and froing and the question will be, is Richard Di Natale going to act any differently than what Christine Milne may have done? Well, he's already signalling that um, he would uh, uh, support an increase in the fuel Excise uh, that, of course, was opposed by um, Senator Milne uh, and the Greens under her leadership, and that surprised many people because uh, one would have thought the Greens would have been in favour of anything which suppressed the use of uh, fossil fuels. So, Senator T. Natale is signalling he'll be a bit more pragmatic, less oppositionist. Uh, but uh, I think people need to realise that uh, Senator D. Natale um, is someone who's very committed to uh, many of the Greens' radical policies. Uh, he, he's um, already uh, instigated a Senate inquiry last year into uh, euthanasia, which of course uh, puts vulnerable people at uh, serious risk of being killed. Uh, and uh, obviously he, he uh, supports their push to uh, redefine marriage. So the, the Greens very much um, under this new leader uh, will continue uh, their uh, push for radical social policy. Um, and I guess the environment comes in there somewhere. That's Lyle Shelton, the Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Lyle, thanks again for your time today. We'll talk to you after the budget's been handed down. Thanks a lot, Tracy. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.